Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Matthew chapter 6 and verses 5 to 15. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Well, we continue in our series through the Lord's Prayer, where we're looking at the Lord's Prayer line by line. And uh, today, we've got to the line in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 11, which says, Give us today our daily bread. And so we're asking God for bread. Why bread? What's so important about bread? Well, bread was the staple food in the Mediterranean, in the Middle East. And so it was a, a symbol for all food. You could say to someone, you know, come over to my house and let's break bread. That was a way of saying, come to my house and let's share a meal uh, together. And so it was a symbol for, for all food. And of course, we need food in order to survive. But we also need water and clothes and a shelter, a home. And so this prayer, in the context of this prayer, bread was a symbol for all our practical and physical needs, all our basic needs that we need to survive. And so Jesus is saying we need to ask God to provide our basic needs that we need uh, to survive. Now, this is the first request within the prayer that focuses on our needs. You see, the, the Lord's Prayer starts with an address, our Father, and then it makes six requests. One, hallowed be your name. Two, your kingdom come. Three, your will be done. Four, give us today our daily bread. Five, forgive us our debts. And six, deliver us from the evil one. But the first three of those requests are phrased in terms of God's glory. Your name, your kingdom, your will. Whereas the last three are all about our needs. Give us, forgive us, deliver us. So this is the, at this point in the prayer, the, the focus is changing. Uh, at this point when we pray, give us today our daily bread, the focus changes from God's priori priorities, God's concerns, to, to our needs and our concerns. So this is the first request about our needs. And the problem, the real danger, is that we get there too fast. That we just rush in and start asking God for all our needs. You know what I mean? So we, we kind of pray really quickly through the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom, your will be done. Now, God, we take a big breath. Now, 
give me, <laughs> and we bring this long list of stuff that we want God to do for us. Uh, and we kind of reduce prayer to giving God a shopping list of things we want God to do. And uh, we reduce God to being this, this genie in a, a lamp that is just waiting for you to come so he can grant you all your wishes and do whatever you want. And when we do that, it's to let greed get in the way of grace. Now, of course, there's nothing wrong in a moment of crisis, in a moment of great need, to, to simply rush in and cry out to God and ask God for help. There's nothing wrong with that. Of course, there's nothing wrong with that. But is this your regular practice? Is this the only way you pray? Do you always just rush in and start asking God for things? Because that's a problem. That's not prayer. That's not what prayer is all about. It's really significant. The, the order that Jesus gives us in this prayer, the order is, is very important. We need to first focus on God's priorities and God's concerns before we get to ours. We, we need to know God as our heavenly Father, our intimate, know Him intimately as our loving Father. We need to hallow His name. We need to treasure God above everything else in our life. We need to pray about His kingdom, be concerned about His priorities and what He's wanting to do in the world. We need to surrender to His world. We need to align our world with His world. But when we've done that, two things will happen. Firstly, we'll get proper perspective. When we've done that, we will gain proper perspective. We will we'll gain God's perspective, God's perspective on our needs and our wants. And often what happens when we've done that is we realize that our, our needs and our wants aren't as great as we thought they were. Or even we'll discover that our needs and wants aren't actually the real needs and wants that, that we have. Ultimately, we will discover that our greatest need is God himself. We'll gain a proper perspective. You see, prayer is more about changing us. It's more about changing our wants and our desires, about changing our character, than it is about changing circumstances. However, when we get the order right, when we pray you know, through the, the Lord's Prayer properly, focusing on each line, our prayers will also become more powerful and more effective. They'll become more effective. When we align our will with the will of our Father in heaven, our prayers become very effective. When we know God intimately as our loving Father, when we treasure God more than anything else in our life. When we're more concerned about God's kingdom than my kingdom. When we've aligned our world to the will of our Father. Our prayers become extremely effective. So while prayer is more about changing us than it is about changing circumstances, prayer still makes a difference. 
Prayer still changes things. But there's another real danger, an equal and opposite danger. So the one danger is we just rush in too quickly, we get there too quickly, and we reduce prayer to giving God a shopping list. But there's an equal and opposite danger, and that's what we think God is not concerned about our basic needs. You know, God has got far more important things on his mind. He's way more worried about his kingdom breaking into the world than he is about my little practical, trivial needs. And so we, we, we don't mention it. We, we don't pray about our basic needs because, or at least on the grounds, that we don't want to bother God with these trivialities. But that's just as bad as allowing our needs to dominate our prayer. Just as bad as allowing our needs to dominate our prayers is to fail to bring our needs to God. God's our loving Father. He is concerned about our welfare. Just as any parent is concerned about their child's welfare, and he wants us to bring our needs to him in prayer. Some people who have felt uncomfortable about uh, bringing our daily bread, our trivial, practical needs to God in prayer, have spiritualized our daily bread, and they've said, this is bread for the soul, not for the stomach. And they say, Jesus has has fulfilled this prayer in the Gospels by feeding the 5,000, where he multiplied the bread. But that, of course, they would point out, was a sign that Jesus himself was the bread of heaven, and that it's only through faith in Jesus that, that our souls are fed and nourished, that we find forgiveness and freedom and life. And they'll say this was fulfilled when Jesus was at the Lord's Supper, and he broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. But again, that bread was a symbol and a sign of, of Jesus. It was through faith in Jesus that our souls are fed and satisfied. But I don't think Jesus leaves that option open to us. Of course, Jesus, time and time again, warns us not to spend all our energy striving to to gain bread that would perish, but rather we need to be striving for bread that would last forever, that would lead to eternal life. But the way he makes that point is not by denying them food for their stomach, but actually providing for that very, very practical, very down-to-earth need by providing real food for them to eat. And it's through that very practical, that very down-to-earth provision of food that he points to even a deeper provision for our spiritual needs. And when we pray, give us today our daily bread, it reminds us that God is concerned about our basic needs. And he wants us to pray for our specific needs. It doesn't matter how trivial they might seem to us. Of course, it feels far more spiritual to be praying for the end of starvation in the world, for, the, for, for world peace, or, or, or praying for that, that everyone would come to know Jesus personally. It feels far more spiritual praying for that than, than praying for a parking space outside the meeting because you're running late. I mean, praying for a parking space doesn't feel very spiritual. 
But God is even concerned about those trivial needs. He loves you as a heavenly father. He's concerned about it. Now, of course, we would trivialize prayer if, if we think it's just about praying for parking spaces or, or praying for good weather on the weekend because we're going camping. If we reduce prayer to that, of course, that would trivialize prayer. But if we use the Lord's Prayer as a model and we, and we pray through, We've prayed about God being our intimate Father. We've, we've treasured God above everything else. We've, we've seeked His kingdom. We've, we've, we've submitted to His will. Then it's perfectly proper to turn to our specific needs that we honestly believe we, we need right now. And that is not trivial. That's exactly what a child does with their parent. To their parent that they love and they trust. To their father. Give us today our daily bread. Now, there's some oddities in this request. Give us today our daily bread. There's some oddities. Why does it repeat today and daily? You know, it's kind of like saying, give us today, today's bread. It's a bit odd. Why does it do that? And then, to make it more complicated, the Greek word that is translated daily doesn't appear in any Greek literature of that time period or before. It simply doesn't appear anywhere. It only appears two times, twice. Once in Matthew's gospel, in the Lord's Prayer, and once in Luke's gospel, also in the Lord's Prayer. So it doesn't help us much. And so most scholars believe that the gospel writers merely made up a word because there was simply no Greek equivalent to the Aramaic word that Jesus used. And so, of course, now there's great debate about what this word actually means. And some of the options are, one, bread for today, two, bread for tomorrow, three, just enough bread for a day, four, bread that we need, five, eternal bread that never runs out. But nobody knows for sure. But what does seem to be clear is that Jesus seems to be alluding to the story found in Exodus chapter 16. The story in the Old Testament about how God provided manna, bread from heaven, every day for the Israelites. Every day the Israelites had to go out and find this bread. And there was always more than enough for everyone. In verse 18, it says they did not have too much, and they did not have too little, and that everyone had just as much as they needed. However, this bread would not last until the next day. If you were greedy and you tried to hoard a whole lot of this bread and keep it for the next day, we told in verse 20 that the next day the bread would be full of maggots and would begin to smell. It would not last until the next day. And so Jesus seems to be alluding to this story and saying we need to ask God to give us today our daily bread in the sense that we're asking God to give us today and every single day the bread that we need for the day so that it would be just what we need, not too much and not too little. So firstly, take note, we're asking for bread, not cake. Okay? Uh, we don't pray, give us today our daily pudding. 
right? Uh, We're asking for our basic needs, not our greeds. There's no place for consumerism and the love of money for those who pray this prayer. We're asking for our basic needs for survival. We're not praying for bigger barns so we can fill our bigger barns full of bread so that we can say, relax, take life easy. We have loads of surplus for years and years. We can just sit back and relax, eat, drink, and be merry. We're not praying for that. We're just praying for our basic needs because surplus and wealth can lead to all kinds of traps. It can lead to all kinds of temptation, not to mention the the headaches and the stress that come along with it. We're praying that we would have just enough, not too much, not too little. We're praying for bread for today. We're not praying for bread for next year or for our retirement. We're praying that we'd have bread for this day, today. Now, of course, this makes a lot of, uh, lot of sense in Jesus' cultural context where they were literally living hand to mouth. They would also get paid their wages daily. Each day they would get paid for their day's work. We, we tend to get paid weekly or monthly. They were paid each day. And if you were ill, and you weren't able to work, you didn't get paid. One of the, the greatest and the, the most basic human fears is a fear of economic hardship. What if we don't have enough? We're doing okay at the moment, but what about the future? What if I lose my job? What if my children get ill? What if I'm unable to work anymore? How will we survive? One of the most basic human fears, and it's it's a crippling fear, is, is the fear that we will not have enough to eat. And this fear would destroy any sense of well-being in the present, and it would erode any sense of hope for the future. And we can become consumed by this fear. And we can constantly be anxious and worried about tomorrow and about the future, about will we have enough. We can be so worried about the future that we're unable to enjoy the present or enter into the present. And at the heart of the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us how to enter into the moment how to enter into the present, how to enjoy the present, how to live day at a time. When we pray, give us today our daily bread, we are praying, deliver us, O God, from the fear of not having enough. Give us bread today, and with that, the confidence that we will have enough, that we will be okay tomorrow. Thirdly, bread is a gift. We're asking God for the bread, and so God is giving us the bread, and so it's affirming that that all bread (laughs) comes from God. Now, of course, for most of us, we still have to go and earn a living. Farmer still has to plow and sow and reap in order to produce the cereals. We're still commanded to feed the hungry ourselves. But it's a way of affirming that God is the ultimate source Of all good things. He's the ultimate source of all bread. 
He provides the soil, the seed, the rain, and so forth. And so it's a gift from God. And if it's a gift from God, it's not a right. We haven't created it. We can't demand it. You can't demand someone to give you a present. You can only ask for a gift. And because it's a gift, it affirms that, it, that we're not the owner. The gift is on loan to us from the owner. It's God, not ours. All our material possessions, all our stuff is on loan to us from God. And this kind of perspective on all your material possessions and all your stuff is crucial. It'll change the way you view your stuff and what you do with your stuff. It's not ours. It's God's. And because it's a gift, it also reminds us of the now but not yet shape of the kingdom of God. God supplies our daily bread. He supplies our basic needs now, but only partially. But this partial supply of our basic needs is a sign and a foretaste of how God will supply our needs fully and in abundance when Jesus returns and fully establishes his kingdom here on earth. Then there will be no more hunger, no more tears, no more suffering, no more death, no more sorrow. For God will supply all our needs fully. Fourthly, and lastly, take note, it says our bread, not my bread. It's impossible to pray this prayer and not be aware of the millions who do not have bread to eat, who are going hungry and are starving. It's impossible to pray this prayer in church and then just go home and enjoy your Sunday lunch. You see, the problem is not the lack of God's provision. The problem is not a lack of provision. The problem is an unequal distribution of resources. We have leftovers after our Sunday roast while others are simply starving to death. What can we do? Well, we can give as best as we can. Give generously. Support charities. Charities that work to get rid of uh, poverty and, and, and hunger and to help the poor and the oppressed. Buy fair trade products to ensure that the workers are getting a living wage. Become more politically active to support programs that not, not just to give foreign aid, but to create a fairer and more just global economy. This is what it means to pray, give us today our daily bread. When we pray this prayer, we need to see ourselves standing side by side with our Christian brothers and sisters all over the globe. We need to see ourselves part of a wider Christian family. We need to see ourselves part of a wider human family. And praying on behalf, standing side by side, and praying on behalf of those who are hungry. Pleading with our Father in heaven, feed the hungry, care for those who are distressed. Give us today our daily bread.
Mother Teresa recalls a story uh, when she was living in Calcutta. She says, I'll, I'll never forget the day when an old man came to our home and said, there is a family with eight children and they have not eaten. Can you do something? Mother Teresa said, I took some rice. Of course, rice is the Indian equivalent to bread. It's their staple diet. She said, I took some rice. The mother took the rice out of my hands, divided it into two, and then went out with it. She said, I I could see the, the children's faces shining with hunger. When the mother came back, I asked her where she had gone. She simply said, they are hungry also. They were the family next door. Mother Teresa said, I was not surprised that she gave. I was surprised that she knew. She said, I I didn't have the courage to ask her how long her children hadn't eaten for, but I'm sure it must have been for a very long time. Yet in her suffering, in her horrible bodily suffering, she knew that they were hungry also. This mother knew it's our rice, not my rice. And when we pray, Our daily bread, it includes our neighbors. And this is what it means to pray. Give us today our daily bread. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, please forgive us in the times when we just rush in too quickly to get to our needs and we don't focus on you, on your priorities on just treasuring you, knowing you as our loving Father, seeking your will in our life and in the the world. Father, forgive us for just being so self-absorbed with our needs and concerns. But Father, I want to thank you that you are still concerned, even about our most trivial, practical problems. You are concerned about that. And Father, I thank you that we can come into your presence And pray about our specific needs because you care, because you love us. But Father, we also pray, forgive us when we become so self-absorbed with our needs that we don't realize there's a need right next door and we lose perspective. We become greedy and we we want cake, not bread. Father, help us to remember it's our bread, not my bread. Help us to remember us when we pray. And Father, we pray that you would deliver us from the fear of not having enough. For that very basic fear that we we won't have enough. Father, help us to enter into the moment. Help us to live day at a time. Help us to live in the present. And pray, give us today our daily bread. And let that free us from that anxiety and help us to be generous. We ask this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about Abergavenny Baptist Church, please visit our website at abergavennybaptist.co.uk.